Podcast is brought to you by Zach Cook and Spencer Lucier. Five, four, three, two, one. What's going on, everybody? I'm Zach Cook alongside Spencer Lucier. Happy holidays to you and yours. And Spencer, you know, would make a great holiday gift. Uh, an early one, rather that. Uh, December 13th, Puck Talks is having an event at Rivoli. It's going to be hosted by Danielle Emmanuel. Steve Dangle will be on the panel along with Pierre Lebron, James Myrtle, James Duthie, Tyler Dello, Justin Bourne, and your boys, Spencer Lucier and Zach Cook will both be present at the event. Should be a great night full of hockey talk. Uh, there are some discount codes online specifically. You can use the code DANGLE to get a discount code. D-A-N-G-L-E is the discount code. So go ahead and use that and we hope to see you at the event. Spencer, uh, you're looking a little rough this morning. What do you mean? I'm I'm all right. I'm I'm here. I've uh, made my appearance. Do you uh, you have a good night last night? Yeah, it was not too bad. Good uh, festivist tradition for uh, for the school party. But yeah, it was a pretty good night. Uh, you know, uh, I'm back on the Timmy's bandwagon. That whole McDonald's special is over. But uh, let's get right into the show with some fill in the blank. You're on the Gatorade bandwagon this Got- morning. That's not a <laughs> It's not a huge surprise, I guess you could say, after your night last night. They have caffeine but, in it, right? Yeah, yeah, that's that's for sure, man. Um, so uh, I'll start with the fill in the blanks. Uh, I got a, I got a good one for you here. Uh, we saw Freddie Anderson put forth a spectacular 47 save performance this week against the Calgary Flames and the Leafs 2-1 shootout victory. So Spencer, Freddie Anderson's performance against the Calgary Flames was more impressive than blank. That was pretty nuts. Uh, his uh, his game there. Uh, that was his fourth win with uh, over forty shots on net. So that performance in particular was as impressive as J.C. Petit. And for you guys who don't know who J.C. Petit is, he was the mini guy from the McDonald's uh, goalie commercials way back when. And so, nice try, no goal <laughs> so uh, our producer Haley Ferguson stepping right on the ball, and she's a. Uh, Doing a fantastic job of uh, producing our show, Spencer. You that, like that? Uh, that's you like right. That yeah. No, no goal off there. Uh, so he, uh, Freddie Anderson, has been phenomenal this year. Uh, what a spectacular performance in particular on uh, against Calgary. Yeah, no, it was a definitely a, a great performance by Freddie Anderson, and I'm kind of impressed that you uh, you started strong on your first answer there of the show. Is. So that's a five episodes a new, in. new tradition, right here. That's we'll right. Start one here. Uh, so sticking with the Flames, then Zach uh, Matthew Kachuk uh, suspended once again, third suspension in a season and a half for the 19 year old. So his Matthew Kachuk, his antics are blank. That's uh, like that's a good I, question. I don't know, like I, because at the end of the day, I really like the, the style of play that he he provides. But he also can't be going over the line, especially when he's not involved in the play and he's on the bench. He can't be doing 
you can't be doing childish shit like that. It doesn't it doesn't work like that in the National Hockey League. You won't you won't survive long if you're you're doing stuff he's, like that. Go crash the net. Do whatever you need to do in that sense. Uh, play physical in the corners. Do all that stuff. But if you're gonna be doing that kind of garbage, uh, you won't. You won't last long in the in the National Hockey League, and I guess unless you're as skilled as a guy as Matthew Kachuk is, much like his uh, dad Keith Kachuk. But still, I, I don't um, know. His antics are tiring now. Like this is his third suspension in a year and a half. Like what a name to to make yourself. Uh, only in like, a year and a half. At the end of the day, he's still. You got to remember, he's still a 19 year old. And like I think Mike Babcock said it really well. He was saying like that's junior hockey stuff, and like there's a lot of 19 year olds in junior hockey still. So I mean. It, it takes a while to mature to the NHL game. It's a lot to put on a 19-year-old kid, but I think he's doing a, a really good job. Re- repeat the question one more time. I want to I actually give you a blank here. Matthew Kachuk's antics are blank. I'm going to say... Oh, I'm going to get killed for this, but I'm going <laughs> to say they're impressive because <laughs> a 19-year-old kid doing, like, just... Having the balls to do something like that to a known enforcer yeah. like Matt Martin, like who the who's who the hell's doing that? Yeah, like, you can't say a lot of kids are are doing that kind of stuff. So uh, I'm kind of I'm impressed, but also I think he's got to stop with that stop with that kind of stuff and uh, just continue to play that that gritty physical style of play with uh, the skill touch that he has as well. Uh, moving on to to my second question here, I'm gonna pose to you this. Uh, obviously, we're in the Christmas season. This is kind of a Christmas special, even though we will be uh, doing episodes during the entire month of December. Spencer, blank general manager has the most shopping to do this Christmas season. I think the general manager, it would have to be uh, Pierre Dorian from Ottawa. I think he's got the most shopping to do. Uh, this Ottawa team, ever since they went out and got their... Uh, their first line center there, Matt Duchesne, they've been uh, really struggling. So uh, I think Pierre Dorian's got a lot on his plate, especially uh, in these next coming weeks, because Ottawa's a, Ottawa's a really good team, but they, uh, th- you know, it's just not working for them right now. So uh, he's got a couple holes to fill. I wonder why, though. Like, you look at Duchesne, and it's not like he's playing bad hockey with the Senators right now. It's he just, the puck's not going in the net, and that's uh, something that's. You got to take into consideration with all of this. You look at the system that they play in Ottawa, and I, I, I think Matt Duchesne was a lot more effective in a Colorado system where they push the play a little bit more instead of Ottawa, where it's more of a uh, put you to sleep and then score when you're basically dozed off on the ice. The one that that Boucher likes to play that uh, style. But at the end of the day, uh, I, I think well, the Sens will turn around, but I still don't think they're a playoff team. They see like they. Uh... I think that that was such a good like team though. Like Boucher never did well in Tampa Bay because Steven Samkos was a superstar. Ottawa had no superstars last year other than Eric Carlson, but he basically just let him go um, and be him. But uh, up front there was no superstars, and that offense was such good chemistry clicked all through each four lines. And I think when they disturbed that by getting a a guy like Duchesne there that wants to kind of be the guy, and you look at what happened with the Senators last year and. They obviously were one goal away from making the Stanley Cup final. But you have to remember that basically every single possible thing that could have went right for the Ottawa Senators went right until the very last Game 7 where there was a few incidents where uh, if it would have gone the other way, they might have been in that Stanley Cup. But at the same time, like the system that they had, every player was playing it to a T and it, and it worked out for them in their favor. But I think that kind of stuff gets tiresome and Guy Boucher can only yell for so long before the players start to, to tune him out. I'm not saying, I'm not calling for 
Guy Boucher's head at all. I think he's a really good hockey coach, but there are some questionable decisions that he needs to to fix if this team is going to head in the right direction again. Someone's play who has what has been questionable of late is uh, Mitch Marner. So Leaf fans should be blank about Mitch Marner because he only has one even strength goal, two goals on the season, heading into game 30. So Leaf fans should be blank about Mitch Marner. I feel like the obvious answer here is to say concern, but I'm not concerned. So I feel like Leaf fans should be patient with Mitch Marner would be the way I would I would go about this because we've seen the amount of skill that this guy has. He's he's one of the most talented players on the Toronto Maple Leafs. He was drafted so high for a reason. This is a kid that's going to be very successful in the National Hockey League. And it just so happens that it's his sophomore year. Players have sophomore slumps. It happens. I'm not really concerned about him. I think he's going to He's going to pick up the pace and continue to be the player that, that Lee fans saw last season when he eclipsed the 60-point the mark. So I, I, I'm i really not shocked that this kind of stuff happens. You know, smaller, skilled players, sometimes it, the space disappears for them and players catch on to what they're doing. But when you have the amount of skill that Mitch Marner has, he's going to find his way in the back of the net again very soon. Yeah, you said it right there. The the, the space has gone away for Mitch Marner. He can't, uh, he can't stick handle through his way through the offensive zone anymore. Teams are picking up on what he's what he's all about. So I, uh, yeah, I mean, he like you said, he's got all the talent in the world. It just concerns me. I mean, one even strength goal heading into Game Thirty for a guy that was supposed to be, uh, you know, one of the the main offensive threats on this team. But I guess that just shows you how uh, how much depth this Leafs team actually has when uh, you know they're not that struggling. Uh, Compared to Mitch Marner's game, it's a ridiculous amount of depth. Like you look at some of the players that they're they're just housing in the Marner in the minors right now, and it's it's stupid because a lot of teams don't have that that sense of depth, and they're not able to to go that far into their farm system. But the Leafs, they have no trouble doing that first, at all. Yeah, Marley's first in the AHL, so uh, so <laughs> I mean, and you have the duo I, down there of Garrett Sparks and Calvin Picard. I was talking about this yesterday, and I was saying. How it wouldn't shock me this month the Leafs have four back-to-back games if one of those players was called up, whether it's Picard or uh, Garrett Sparks, to to take duty away from uh, Curtis McElhinney. And I it would not shock me at all because I I think they're playing really well in the minors and I don't think that McElhinney is going to be able to get the job done anymore. That's just what I've seen from this season. So don't be surprised if we see a Picard or a Garrett Sparks call up in the next little while. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's uh, back backup goalies are so weird because that's what they they had Enroth last year. They thought they were just gonna roll with the backup goalies, but the, it's such an integral part to this uh, to a team because you know when the the starter needs a rest, then they have to go and fill in those shoes. And it, you know, McElhinney did a good job last year, but not uh, not so far this year. So we're gonna move on to a, a bit of a, a new segment here, and our producer Haley Ferguson is going to jump into the booth with us for this and she's gonna she's gonna pose us a, a few questions it's gonna be called the debate round and basically what we're gonna do for this is we're gonna look on tsn's website other kind of sports websites in regards to hockey we're gonna she's gonna go on the front page pose a few questions for us and me and spencer are gonna debate it out for a couple of minutes Haley's gonna choose a winner at the end of each round, and then the end, we'll total the points, and we'll see who gets the debate round winner of the week. So welcome, Haley. Thank you. Well, one of my topics was going to be, is Mac Laney enough? But I guess I'll come up with something else now. <laughs> wow, I, uh, I apologize for uh, for stealing the thunder a bit, uh, but at the same time, uh, a lot yeah, of hockey news right I'll, now. I'll get something else. Okay. 
We all know about Seattle being accepted. Oh, yeah. The NHL has said they will accept a application from the city. So it's been talked about for years. But but also Quebec City has been talked about for years. Which city would you guys rather see get an NHL team? I'll, I'll take this one first, Spencer. Go uh, I'm going to say... I, I think Seattle's going to get one, but I think Quebec City would be a better fit because I really like the passion that, that that city as a whole brings towards the National Hockey League. But you look at the reasons why Seattle failed in the past with the Supersonics, their NBA team, and it was the reason they didn't they weren't able to to fund a new building and put one into place, and that, that was a problem. So you I don't really you can kind of speak to this yourself, Haley, because you're from out west. Do you think that the interest there will Bands will come to the arena if it is built? I think so. I mean, you look at the Seahawks, you look at the Mariners. Those are huge teams, and and they're looking for something else. That's, I mean, it's a big city, and those are their only two teams. Yeah. They that, need something else. Yeah. For that very reason, that's why I think Seattle uh, will get the team and deserves a team because the, they, they've gone out, they've wanted to do the application, they, they've committed uh, already upgrades, uh, renovations to the arena. So, any uh, thoughts of the mismanagement of the arena, the new ownership, which has yet to be determined, uh, but it just shows that they're committed to bringing at least uh, an an an, an, NH- wow. an NHL team. <laughs> wow, like, that's quick. Uh, an NHL team and uh, possibly an NBA team back. So you uh, think you think the SuperSonics would come back too with them? That's one of the reasons why they were they were taken out is because they they had that whole arena situation. They weren't able to to fund it, and they wanted to fund it through the wasn't the the funding the problem was they. I, I remember reading yesterday. I was doing some research on it, and they. It was supposed to be funded from the public, and they weren't able to to ultimately do that. So that was a that was a big issue in the whole situation. But I I like Seattle as a team, but I think the fans in Quebec City really deserve one as well. Yeah, I think that's more of a relocation type thing. Uh, yeah. But but the expansion that the I think Seattle they really want to get back into you know those types of sports again. Um, like you like you said, Haley, uh, the Mariners, even though they're not really putting on a a good good team. They're they're still drawing some numbers, and then Seattle. I mean, the twelfth man over there. So, uh, who are you relocating then? If you if you decide, oh, it's got to be like Arizona or, or even uh, Carolina. Never let that. Carolina. Yeah, that, is like, that would have happened a while ago. You think if that would have? Uh, I but like, thing. see, now they're thinking about going back to Phoenix. So like, I I don't know. <laughs> it, it, it's just not working down there too. So like, I think eventually it's just, like the shit's gonna hit the fan, and and yeah. it's something's gonna, gotta give with that team. That or even Carolina. So. Okay, so I'm, I'm going to read you this. I read this online now. So after failing to find public funding to construct a new arena in the Seattle area, the Supersonics moved to OKC, ultimately the Thunder, before the 2008-2009 season, following a $45 million settlement with the city of Seattle to pay off the team's existing lease at Key Arena in Seattle Center in advance of the 2010 expiration date that they had. So that, that makes a lot of sense. I don't know. I, I always felt like Seattle was a, a really good sports town. So I, I, I think it would work out in either city's favor uh, to bring back the the whole Nordiques and uh, Canadians rivalry. That would be something else. That was one of the most electric rivalries in hockey back in the day. So I think either option's good, but uh, I'd, I'd stick with Quebec City, even though I don't think Bettman really wants that right now. It's it's exciting, though, to like to talk about a possibility of a new team like that. I mean, look at how well Vegas Vegas has done like that, that, saw that, coming. that whole excitement of just, you know, getting ready for a new team. Okay. What are the jerseys going to look like? What are they going to name them? Right? Like all that excitement was, uh, was pretty cool to go through last year. So, uh, if this happens again this year, uh, or 
maybe not this year, but if this happens again, it'll be uh, it'll be good for the NHL. It gives them some the fans something else to get excited for. Sorry, Zach. Being a Western Canadian girl, I'm I'm with Spencer. I, I don't blame you. I had a feeling that was going to be, I, but I, I just like I, wanna I like my devil's advocate. I want a Canuck Seattle rivalry. I don't blame you. I at think all. that would be I intense would... because that's the thing. Those two cities. They have kind of a bond. They kind of unspokenly cheer for each other's team, but they've never had two teams in the same league that can go other than the Supersonics and Grizzlies. And that, that any really idea how the, that didn't go so any well? Any idea how the the Thunder the Thunderbirds draw in the WHL? Is that do they that do they I do well? Know. You don't know. Yeah, I've, I've always wondered because I think that's uh, I think junior be an interesting talent. Obviously, it's I know all the same. We see. I know Washington yeah. State loves hockey because I worked in the BCHL and we actually expanded to Wenatchee, which is about five hours from Seattle, and they grew. They drew some of the best crowds. Yeah, wouldn't surprise in me. the league. Speaking of the Seattle Thunderbirds, Matt Barzell absolutely tearing up yeah, the National crazy. Hockey League right now. So, but we'll move on to the next round of of questions here. Okay, so this isn't a either or. Really, it's a Bo Horvat's out. Are the Canucks done? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> they are. And that guy, uh, that guy is the main horse for that Vancouver team. That offense uh, out six weeks, uh, fractured foot, I believe. So, uh, yeah, I think the Canucks are done. They were kind of running on fumes, anyways. I mean, Markstrom's been standing on his head the last couple of games, but I mean, they they just lost to Philly, uh, yes, last night. So I think Vancouver's uh, done because. Man, Horvat played uh, the most amount of time for any forward, uh, and that's their number one center. Someone's got to step in and fill those minutes, and I don't know who or what they have in the system that can do that. I'm going to say they're not done just because they acquired Nick Dowd last night from the LA Kings. Uh, what a fantastic player. Obviously, I'm being sarcastic here. They uh, <laughs> traded a random 2 a.m. trade last night with uh, the Kings and Canucks. They, the Canucks dealt Jordan Subban to the, to the LA Kings for Nick Dowd. Uh, every Subban brother has now been dealt from the team they were drafted by. That's a, that's a little interesting tidbit for you this morning. But... Uh, I, I don't really have high expectations for the Canucks. A lot of people thought that they uh, they would be in the cellar this entire season because of the roster they had. It's aging. There was some some good pieces, of course. Uh, you had your Bo Horvats, who is now the the main part of this yeah. question. You know, your Jake Vertanen on the back end. They have some they have some interesting pieces, but I don't really think they have that that answer in net yet. As good as Markstrom's been at times this year, uh, I'm not really sold on the Canucks yet. So Bo Horvat was a very telling part of this team but you know Brock Besser has been a real emergence as well as a as a rookie this year so I don't want to say they're they're done yet because I think Besser has really been impressive and he's done a lot to carry this team thus far we've seen the Sedin's minutes decrease so uh, I'm gonna say they're not done yet but I think they'll slowly fade away as the season progresses yeah Horvat and Besser were, were really good together I don't know it's gonna be it's gonna be tough for Vancouver to try and like they're they're overachieving already to begin with and then exactly. and, and yeah, and then they lose their key guy, so I don't know. I'm going to go with Zach on this one. Optimistic, but... Op- yeah. <laughs> yeah, we just see them. Mm. Yeah, it's, Slowly, it's a slow, slow cliff dive. It's a, a slow, slow cliff decline. dive. So. Sorry, okay. Canucks fans. <laughs> well, since my Freddie Anderson topic has basically been talking about already. All yeah. right. In honor of the Oilers coming to town this weekend, playing the Leafs on Sunday, is the or will the Oilers make the playoffs? I need to wow. <laughs> bring up the standings for it's a second here. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm good. gonna check out the standings before I decide on whether or not they're gonna, they're gonna make the playoffs here. Um, I, 
you know what? I really like the roster that they built. There are some holes, and I think that they went unnoticed last year because of their playoff run, and then a lot of the the same stuff went on during the offseason. You know, they're 11-15-2 right now, 24 points, but they are in the Pacific Division. That's uh, a, a little questionable at best right now. You know, you have the Vegas Golden Knights obviously exceeding expectations, San Jose in there with 32 points. Uh I don't. I, I'm gonna say no, but I don't think it's impossible for them to make the playoffs. I think this team definitely has a run in them. If you see Connor McDavid just put the team on his back and just go end end here, and that's a, that's a possibility with this Edmonton Oilers team. I want to see a little bit more from from Drysital, and I I do think they need to to acquire a defenseman to still lead that squad. But at the end of the day, uh, it's a tough hill to overcome. Overcome rather. So I'm gonna say no, but I don't think it's impossible. Well, I'll say yeah. I mean, I, you, you, well, there, you, there you, goes you, my round. You, no, you, no, 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 no. Haley awards points for optimism. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, because uh, I mean, Connor McDavid's gonna break out eventually. Like, uh, I mean, he he's doing okay. But you look at what the what the Oilers season was last year. Just like the Ottawa Senators, a lot of bounces went their way. Cam Talbot, who was a first time starter for the Oilers for for in the actual NHL cuz he was a career backup uh, in New York but he, you know he got his first run as a as a starting goaltender did exceptionally well and then I think they just wore him out and now he's not the same guy uh this year but you you got to expect Connor McDavid to really pick the, pick it up uh and uh and take this team uh to the promised land right I've been really impressed with uh, Nugent Hopkins this season, but uh, yeah, I, I don't know. Guy. All off season, all I was hearing was uh, Ryan Nugent Hopkins might be gone. Well, Does he stay, that... Haley? Oh, I don't. I don't. See I mean, they betrayed I... you in the past. They traded Taylor I... Hall. They traded Jordan Everly. If like, there's the Oilers trade Ryan Nugent Hopkins. I will be devastated. But I don't see how they don't because of that I... ridiculous Lucci trick. Like, that's gonna, that's gonna, yeah. that's gonna, gonna kill it's gonna them handcuff them because for you're a gonna long have to time. sign Patrick Maroon, and we know think, how much Connor David out. loves Patrick Maroon, so he's staying. Uh, Chris Russell's gonna kill us with that contract too. It's they're gonna they're gonna I, be forced to do something with Ryan. You know, at least Milan Lucci deletes the team in penalty minutes with 49. There's that for you. I I think um, the, I think Peter Charlie has done what Mark Bergevin does and has traded his way into some trouble that's because the pro- he's forced himself. That's into why they call him the Mark Bergevin of the West. <laughs> that, that, yeah, like he, he. Okay, we understand the hole for Larson deal. You had a huge hole. Why well, uh, I, I never understood that from the get go. No, you understand, you you understand had, the I understand behind the theory it. behind it. Yeah. yeah, everyone had their arm. Uh, arms up when this deal went down but then larson came in really was a shutdown guy on on defense no one said a word afterwards this year i don't know what the 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 thought was to go and trade eberly for ryan strome like that one you, was cap space but you couldn't have gotten anything you couldn't have gotten uh, like, some draft picks for him like that is but why why would you trade one of your biggest assets just for caps room right well, why not try and get that defenseman another defenseman that you needed or or something like that right so look i don't know i think peter shirley has uh traded his way into some trouble here and uh i don't i don't think he needs to be trading away his any more star offensive athletes i think it's more those try and make some cap room when get rid of a maroon or get rid of a lucic get rid of the chris Lucic's russell on. going anywhere yeah i don't think that contract's very movable um i i just i just wonder how they're gonna they're gonna get those new pieces that they're looking for there obviously is room to improve but they do have some amazing pieces up front whether it be Connor mcdavid or leon dry uh Haley, i'll let you award the points before we uh head on to our next segment we're gonna but, we're gonna keep you in for this one though can i 
Can I have one more really quick? Of course, topic? have the you final. You inspired me. Okay, so I'm giving this one to Spencer okay, because I'm biased. Optimism. Yes, I get it. I win. Jam. <laughs> Would you rather your GM be Bergevin or Shirelli? Oh God. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> I just need just need a couple. Uh, more. I'd uh, <laughs> I'd ask to uh, leave uh, the NHL there. <laughs> Try and sell when the the market's high. Yeah, I'd probably sell my franchise and relocate. <laughs> I don't, I, 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 none. I I think. Chirelli walked his way ass backwards into a Stanley Cup with the Bruins, and that was kind of because he got really lucky with the situation that he was in, whether it be Chara just kind of manhandling that blue one, and then you have a, a center up front in Patrice Bergeron, and then they... Like, you you watch some of those behind-the-scene clips of them just talking about dealing Tyler Sagan <laughs> because he doesn't play the Bruins' way. This is now one of the most skilled players in yeah. the National Hockey League, and you dealt him for, like, Louis Erickson, Joe Morrow, and a second-round pick. Are you kidding me? Like, that's just... I'm getting fired up because that's this. I, it bothers me. Like, how do you have that kind of incompetence? Well, and then he walked him say, well, himself into Connor McDavid. He literally yeah. got hired mm. a week after the lottery. And that's just like Craig. it, kind of telling. To Can see. you imagine being Craig McTavish, thinking yeah. finally yeah, exactly. as a GM you're gonna get your break? Get, gets uh, gets gets, <laughs> gets the, the shaft, and then comes it. Buddy comes in with the the best luck in the NHL. That's for sure. All right, sell yeah. the franchise. I get it. I'd, I'd probably feel the same. <laughs> so let's uh, move on here to it's obviously the Christmas season. We have a little bit of uh, inspiration by that. We're going to do an NHL Canadian team Christmas shopping wish list. All seven Canadian teams. We're going to try to cut through them really quickly, maybe a minute or two on each team. I'll go around the table. We'll discuss options on each franchise. Let's start with the where we're based in Toronto. We're going to start with the Toronto Maple Leafs. Guys, what is the Toronto Maple Leafs' biggest shopping wish list right now? Need, basically, is what I'm saying. I I gotta say it's a defense. If there if there has to be an, an option, right? I think the the team's pretty good as it is right now. Um, I don't really see this team going out there and making moves. But uh, if they have to, they got to pick up another guy that can uh, on on the back end that could uh, kind of stabilize that. Like the, their their top four is pretty decent, but then they've got a bunch of scrubs on five, six, seven, right? So like, like Ron Hainsey's really helped stabilize Morgan Riley's game, and I think that's important. But they and, still and, do need and another Zaitsev top four and Gardner together. They they've been together yeah. the last two years, and and they've been really good. It's actually helped Gardner become more defensively as a pretty good shutdown guy. So I, uh, I if anything, it's probably one of those depth D. Oh, I would definitely agree. A defenseman or a call-up shop wish list uh just bringing in somebody other than McElhinney yeah. uh Haley <laughs> let's uh move on to your Edmonton Oilers uh what do they need right now in the holiday season they need a goalie they... and anyone in mind honestly I I like Kev- Kelvin Picard making a trade there's a few goalies right now in the minors that I think they could trade for I don't um I don't have a specific name Laurent Boswell was not ready to be called. Yeah, you could tell that he wasn't ready. Last year it was because Gustafson was just so terrible that they had to pull him up, and then this year they had they had a few guys in mind and they couldn't sign any of them, and so it kind of forced their hand again to bring in Laurent Boswell as your background. It was shocking because I thought that that was one of the things I I didn't expect anything really from Talbot this year. Uh, I I thought yeah, as, as his first year as a starter. He's gonna, you know, really feel the pressure coming into the second year, and I think that's what happened. I'm surprised that they didn't actually go out there and get like a Ryan Miller, who's, you know, just serving as a backup that can well, fill in that, that's that the thing. role. They had a shop. They had a list. I I can't. I was 
this summer. It's yeah. been a while. <laughs> yeah, no, no I doubt. can't remember where they all ended up, but they didn't end up in Toronto or in Edmonton. And yeah, Miller's in uh, Anaheim, I believe. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah. in Anaheim, but yeah. like you see, but, Gibson went down. He fills in, right? Exactly, so, and he's played pretty exactly. well too, and to it, say the least. You just can't expect Talbot to, even if he had have been playing well this year, mm-hmm. you can't expect him to put the kind of minutes he did last year. And with Sakara out right now, your D's already weakened. Put in Laurent Bossois, who I think has potential. You've seen so many great saves from him in this stretch. Yeah, he's still young, like 24, he, right? Yeah. There was a sequence against the Leafs where he made two outstanding yeah, saves. I just like threw He out. has his shining moments where he's not a terrible goalie. He just has no experience and he's just not ready. And Nick Ellis, he's going to save us. <laughs> well, I'll take the, I'll obviously, uh, I did this on purpose, so I'll take the Montreal Canadiens. Uh, I think the Montreal Canadiens need help down the middle of the ice. I think they could use a, a second line center. Uh, obviously, you've noticed some some holes with Jonathan Drouin out of the lineup for the past five games or so. But at the end of the day, uh, they could also use a, a top pairing defenseman to play along Shea Weber. Although I do like the emergence of... Uh, Yarabek on the back end for the Canadians. He's played some some really good hockey for them, as well as I've uh, been impressed with David Schlemko since he debuted yeah. last week. He's uh, he's been really steady on the back end, a nice presence, a top four defenseman that's that's filled the mold. Uh, you could see this Canadian defense has been a lot more stabilized since the the return of Schlemko and the emergence of Yarabek. So I think they're they're trending in the right direction with a with a healthy Carey Price, but they could always use that help down the middle. It's pretty uh, it's pretty glim there to say the least. That's been Bergevin's uh, number one thing is to get a center, and that's not what he's done. They're at not all, tra- so. they're not tradable in the National Hockey League, just no. on PlayStation. Yeah, so. exactly. Um, <laughs> Haley, the Ottawa Senators. Uh, what are they uh, What are they shopping for this Christmas season? Because obviously, thus far, the the Duchesne trade hasn't exactly paid off. Although it's he hasn't played bad hockey like we mentioned earlier in the show, but it hasn't uh, it hasn't been exactly what they wanted when we've seen Kyle Turris thriving in Nashville. I don't think they should be shopping right now. That's that a good didn't point, yeah. work out so well for so them. What, so, okay, so far, I'll change the question for you then. If they don't shop and they decide to sell and they decide to give this Christmas season, what are they what are they giving away? Because there's been there's been a lot of chatter around the Ottawa Senators lately because of the slump that they're in. They played a, a better game last they, night. They did fall four three in overtime. A Drew Doughty overtime winner. Their but, wish list needs to be that their top guys actually play better. Carlson obviously looks great as per usual, but he doesn't look Carlson esque. Yeah, I think he kind of looks scared. Well, he came. The, the 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 comeback from that injury was supposed to be between ten to twelve months, and he yeah, came back at this stage. Like you can't expect him to be. A lot of fans like were like, "Oh, Carlson's back on the ice; he's gonna save us." Like that's not realistic when the recovery period is supposed to be ten to twelve months. But I, I think the Mark Mathot leaving is, is very underrated. What's going on in Ottawa because it's true. he was that guy that let Carlson go and be the free reign guy, like the basically the fourth forward out there, right? And because he knew Mark Mathot was, you know, covering his ass when yeah. when he gets caught in the offensive zone. So. I think with him, the uncertainty of his of his new D partner and Johnny Oduya, I don't, I just don't think he has enough trust in that, and that's why we're seeing a, a real hit on his offensive numbers. He's been awful as a center, Johnny Oduya. They they expected a lot more from him. It's funny because Carlson was the one that recruited Johnny Oduya <laughs> yeah. to the Senators in the off season. It works so so well. it uh, hasn't exactly panned out so far, and uh, Cody Cc hasn't exactly panned out to be the defenseman that they wanted him to be, and they they continuously scratch Freddie Clayson, and that doesn't really make a lot of sense to me because he's, he's been one of their their better defensemen. Uh, let's move on to the uh, a bit more of a surprising team this year, the Winnipeg Jets. They're playing some really good hockey, and obviously they're in a playoff spot right now, but what can they do to improve this club? What are they shopping for, Spencer? 
Uh, I'm really buying into the Winnipeg Jets this season. I always thought they had a, a pretty good makeup of their roster. I thought they just kind of were really undisciplined the last couple of years, and that's really what bit them in the ass uh, when it came down to making the playoffs. So uh, I'm really buying into this Jets team. I mean, sh- the Kyle Connor being co- brought up, I think that's really helped balance that top six because they're always trying to figure out who can play with those guys, but it's really allowed those to- that top six to really clean up. So um, I have no issues with their forwards, or at least their top six, and their defense is pretty good. It's, uh, I mean, Toby Enstrom's out, who's their offensive, uh, like you know, pushes the pace. But um, I, think I, they could use a, I think they could use a little more uh, speed, a on mobility the back end. on the back end. But um, besides that, I really like maybe a little more depth as well in their top nine. But otherwise, uh, I think that's a pretty stable it, team. It's a yeah, it's a pretty solid team through uh, you know all three aspects of the game. Uh, even their special teams are, are on fire right now too. So. Anything to chip in, Haley? Well, Cheval Dayoff's not exactly known for trades. Yeah, like, yeah. What, like five what trades? It's taking like two GM years to make Munch a trade. Yeah. In Winnipeg, so yeah. I don't think it's happening anytime soon. And I don't think it really needs to. Do you think they're in good shape, though? I think so. I mean, how can you not be with Patrick Laine, Mark Shifley? Yeah, that- Shifley is Wheeler. maybe, to me, the most underrated player in the National Hockey League. That Couldn't guy gets no more. credit. Yes, yeah. no credit. 116 points hmm. start- since the beginning of last season. So uh, that's the fourth most in the NHL. And I don't hear him being talked about in anything really so he's buried in winnipeg but uh all that snow's covered uh shifley nobody uh, wants to go no but uh yeah no i'm really buying into this jets team i think they're, they've got a pretty solid team and they're gonna make some noise uh come playoff time so we're down to, to two rivals the canucks and the flame we'll start in vancouver uh after the Bo Horvat injury what direction does this team go in the holiday season they need a character guy They've lost Dorset yeah, now. That, that was a big. big that was a big yeah, part of that sucks. team. That sucks. And they need that was a devastating right injury though. That was Man, tough. At, well, way he, out of left he's field. Done. He's done. Yeah, it's done. Hope he gets a front office job. Just to, he, he will. Yeah. He is a really genuinely nice guy, and I feel like that's the thing. The Canucks right now in a time where they've they've lost Bo Horvat, they need somebody that can rally this team. They need a, a strong vet in the room right now. Yeah, well, Other than the Sedins, yeah, well, who have done I, that their entire career, but you can only ask so much from them. I, do you really think the Sedins are are like they're really not, pumping up the the dressing room right no, now? Like, I not. think they're they're just like, okay, let me reach all my milestones. I just want to stay a Canuck for a couple more <laughs> well, years, and then I'm done. I so. think they're leaders in the room, but they're not the kind of guys that you know pump. They, they're guys yeah, that they're if you need something, guys. you yeah, go quiet. to them and they give you some advice. But they're not the guys who. They're not making speeches in yeah. the locker room. They're more of a watch how I, I play on the ice yes. leaders in the sense that the uh, the work ethic wow. that they provide and exactly. people and if you needed something, lead by example. They only play together, so no one gets the opportunity to watch how they do because they only pass to each other. Well, so. I mean, they're telepathic, so that kind of makes <laughs> yeah, a lot of sense. Uh, moving on to the last team, the Calgary Flames. Uh, this is a team that built a really solid back end this offseason from 1-6, to six, obviously acquiring Travis Hamanick, re-signing Michael Stone after they acquired him from the, the Arizona Coyotes last season. Uh, what does this team need to, to move forward here? Obviously, they signed, they went out and signed Mike Smith in the offseason because they weren't really too happy with the way uh, Brian Elliott worked out in a Calgary uniform. So, so what do they need right now? Uh, I think they need some some help on the offense. Uh, you look at Monahan and Goudreau. They like what a tandem. They're they're crazy, but that's basically Calgary's offense. They convert for like sixty five percent of the the team's goals. Like, like that OT winner last night from uh, Goudreau to Monahan. Just it was basically an empty net. Carey Price had no <laughs> chance on that whatsoever. Exactly. So I mean, they they got, their secondary scoring is not really doing much for them. 
I really like Michael Furlan. That guy's really impressed me, and he's a good fit on that on that top line with those two. But I, I really think they need some help uh, up front because I don't know how long uh, Goudreau and Monaghan can sustain this. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, there's, uh, there's not... There's the defense, which is the so The defense strong. is solid. You've got that top line, and then... Their goalie, their, Mike Smith is, uh, he's finally on a good team where he can think, a- actually, like, you know, show what he's, exactly. what he's worth. With Mike Smith, the only uh, question has been whether he can stay that consistent for a, a full season. We've seen, we see really good stretches from him. That's always the issue. But besides that, uh, we uh, have to move forward with uh, that contract. But uh, I really like what the Calgary Flames uh, did this offseason. I think that's promising for where they're, they're headed in the future. Uh, really. Spencer, what do you what do you got going on this weekend? I know you're uh, I know you're coming over on Saturday for uh, maybe watch a little Habs Oilers, uh, have a have a couple of we're, adult we're, beverages. We're doing uh we're gonna have the dual screen with the Leafs game going on. Uh, we got to do some research. We can't obviously. do that though. We can't uh, do that. Obviously, we got to do some research. So we have for, the ability for, for at podcast. my house to to use the dual screens and uh, have both games on the TV. So. I'm sure we'll be doing that while enjoying a few of uh, Don Cherry's favorite beverages. A little uh, shout out to the OG. Grapes, always a always a pleasure to have our producer Haley Ferguson join us in the booth for part of the podcast. Uh, Spencer, another great episode. Uh, happy holidays yeah. to you and yours. We'll be back next Friday. Make sure you follow at Puck Talks Live. And don't forget about the boys at Zach Cook CSM and Spenny Lou CSM. And mark your calendars December 13th, Puck Talks Live, headlined by Pierre Lebrun. For tickets, head to www.homestandsports.com.